You're listening to English with Monty, the podcast about the English language. Talking about how you can be fluent in English, part two. I think the next one is something that everybody talks about. Thinking in English. How do you think in English? How do you think? How do you think to start with? Well, where's that one? I haven't got that one. Is that number, on your list? It is number five. Oh, number five. Oh, it carries on, does it? It does carry on. You just need to scroll, scroll down. Scroll down. Scroll yeah. down. Okay. Think in English. I'm not sure about this. I think in the beginning, inevitably, you're going to do some translation. You're going to translate. This is what makes me laugh. People say, don't translate in your head. Mm. Well, where else are you going to translate? On <laughs> your feet and your knees? It's inevitable. That happens less often when you get a lot of practice in. It's a normal process. I agree Start with you thinking there. in English from the start. Well, no, you know, fair enough. You've got to translate. It's inevitable. I totally agree with you there. It's not something that you can just automatically change, is it? It's just about practice. I think over time, you gradually change that idea. At least that's my experience that your brain gradually stops translating. I think you've got to get to a reasonable level, haven't you, in order to do that? Yeah, it's just such an easy thing to say. Mm. You must think in English. Don't think in your own language. It's such an easy, it's a, a cop-out, if you know that expression. It's just when you can't think of any other you know, numbers put on your list of things to improve your language, you, you say that, think in the language. Mm. It's not that easy and it's nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with it in the beginning. And it just happens naturally. One day you start thinking in the... Uh, target language absolutely so don't focus on that one too much yeah it will happen at some point especially if you're speaking it enough it's really about speaking it enough isn't it really you know i mean if you're using your own language a lot during the day and then you're just using english for maybe five minutes or so mm -hmm. i think naturally you're going to think in your own language aren't you whereas yeah. if you're speaking mostly english throughout the day only an hour or so in your own language or even less than that yeah. and you're going to start thinking in language aren't you sure so talk to yourself this is something that i've seen you doing <laughs> well strangely i mean that one actually i kind of agree with as well a lot of these tips i'm not convinced by but actually it's quite useful isn't it i don't know how the mind works how the brain works exactly the actual process of getting the words out and saying the sentences, it doesn't matter if there's somebody there or not, actually saying sentences, using your mind and converting what you have into your mind to speech that actually works. Yeah. So I'm a bit confused here because how is that different to exercising your muscles in the mirror? Similar, right? I thought exercise muscles is just about the sounds. Uh, okay. So you're more about the whole word rather than the sound. The whole phrase, not a word. Phrase. Sentences, phrases, okay. talking. Mm. That's more useful than just going, oh, oh, oh. If, for example, you want to ask, where is the station? Mm -hmm. And you've never used that phrase before. Then the first time, if you're on the street and you're lost, you think in your own language, okay, where is it? And then you say it. But if you've said it many times on your own, where is the station? Where is the station? Then they'll come out automatically. It stands to reason. It's common sense. Yeah. Of course, yeah. If you yeah, use no. the phrase many times, it doesn't matter if you're talking to yourself or talking to somebody else, then it's going to be much easier when you have to use the phrase in anger. Indeed. And also, I mean, this probably comes on to the next point is, well, there isn't a point on this one, but use technology <laughs> less. 
in that case because where you say where's the station i mean most people are going to look on google aren't they but i think there is thing particularly with language learning and connecting with people where try not to use google and just ask people well yeah. if your train's leaving in 10 minutes then then maybe not but yeah i, I get the point yes it's true mm. always make excuses to have an interaction find yeah. a way to have an interaction if you're a shy person i think that's a way of making you a bit less shy as well i mean obviously at the beginning it's going to be difficult for you but persevere even if it's just small phrases and if you are finding it difficult to understand the answer, don't worry too much. Again, with practice, mm -hmm. it will come. Yes. I think the last one, arguably, is one of the best ones. What's that? Tongue twisters. Really? I like this. Well, how, how are they going to improve your English? Learning tongue twisters. Tongue twister. <laughs> I can say the word. I think it's quite nice. For... She sells seashells on the seashore. That's very good. The 33 thieves thought that they thrilled the throne throughout Thursday. Okay. But do you really feel that your level of English has improved just because you say some tongue twisters? I think it's quite good for pronunciation though, isn't it? But it doesn't have to be a tongue twister. You just say words or sentences. Why does it have to be a tongue twister in order to improve pronunciation? Well, then you can impress native speakers with your... You could say, where is the station? And improve your pronunciation. But you could also improve, impress native speakers in your amazing ability to say a tongue twister because most native speakers can't do them themselves i think that you know when there's a sort of a pause at the dinner party we've run out of conversation oh god this dinner party seems to be going forever these people i've got nothing in common with them i know i'll do some card trick and do some tongue twisters and i'll make the evening go by quicker good advice Is that anyway it's about? <laughs> maybe i think some people really like tongue twisters Let's put it in there. I quite like a nice little tongue twister in Italian. Go ahead. Tell us one then. Tigre contro tigre. Tigre contro tigre. No, tigre. Tigre contro tigre. Tiger against tiger. Tigre contro tigre. Tigre. I see. It's quite difficult, isn't it? Yeah. There you go. That's the only one I know. Don't know any others. Okay. We've gone through all of them. Yeah. So now you're going to tell us your amazing thoughts. That oh, do I have amazing thoughts? On occasions. I mean, you must have had reasonably yeah, amazing well, thoughts I did, I to did. get enough hits on your YouTube channel. This video had a lot of hits. It's true. I still say that the number one thing, none of those two websites mentioned, number one thing is motivation. Far and away, people are motivated, learn. People are not motivated, don't learn. If you can get the motivation, you find a way that you find learning interesting, then you'll come back to it again and again and again, and you'll improve. That's it. Doesn't matter your age, doesn't matter where you are. But people get motivated. I can't say how to get motivated. Depends on different persons. Some people love, I don't know, whatever it is, your reading or grammar, whatever it is you like doing, do it, get motivated and enjoy it. Those people who enjoy it, carry on. Same with everything, isn't it? If you're learning a musical instrument, you're going to give up if you hate it, aren't you? If you love what you're doing, you'll continue doing it. Very much That's so. It. I don't have the magic so the sort of magic formula for getting motivated that you have to look inside, look inside your heart and find out what it is, but that's yeah. what it is. To give some examples, <laughs> I have a friend, Jessie, who I may have mentioned before, and she was motivated to learn English through listening to Michael Jackson songs when she was young. Well, yeah, it's a good example, yeah. She loved Michael Jackson so much that she learned English 
through his music. No, that's a really good example. Better example than the ones I gave. Yeah. You give an example, or you, I don't know if you meet a girl or a guy that you like and they don't speak your language. So that's another way to get motivated. A that's friend a or a romantic thing. That's another way, but it doesn't have to be like that. It just be, you're in a, I know a group, just a, I know a reading group and you want to speak with the people that you like. Yeah, there's lots of different ways. You have to find your mojo somehow. I like that reading group idea. Yeah, that's good. I might do that when I go to Italy and join mm. a reading group because that will help push me. I like reading. I'm a bit lazy with learning new vocabulary, but if I went to a reading group every week, it would motivate me because I'd want to sound more intelligent and well-informed. Yeah. I think that's good. So you've got a good reason for learning a language. That's it. Even for a job, if it's for a job, that can another, be another source of motivation. Indeed. Or you can just love the process of learning. It doesn't actually have to be a reason. You just love the process. Some people do, don't they? I love the process of learning. I think it's very nice. I read a publication called Internationale, which Mm -hmm. covers different news articles from different newspapers from around the world in Italian. And because I like reading about current affairs in general, Mm -hmm. that motivates me to learn new words. Monty is based in London and we offer individual lessons and conversation group classes in the centre by Tottenham Court Road. Come and join us. You can access the times and place to meet through Meetup at the following web address. So that's meetup.com forward slash Monty dash English dash conversation. See you there. We've gone through 12 and you've given us one. Is that all you've got? Have you got any more? No, I've got some others, but some of them are actually quite obvious. They need stating, but they're actually quite obvious. One of them is reading, of course. I mention it because some people underestimate the importance of reading, but it really makes a difference. And as a teacher, when I meet a new student and I start speaking to them in English, and immediately I know this person reads, or this person doesn't read, you know straight away. Of course, not at the beginner's level. You find that, John, don't you? The words they use, you just say, this person reads a lot. Don't need to ask them. Do you read a lot? Yeah, I do. And you're never really wrong. You're absolutely right. Because also as well, I think that gets you out of the habit of just taking the easy option in terms of, we've spoken about this before, haven't we? When you would say in your own language, you would use the same root. So prefer as an example. I think if you're reading, then you often see other alternatives and therefore don't always take the easy route exactly. and, and take something that's a bit more yeah, that, that's Anglo-Saxon or... Dutch origin, like it's something that's a different origin to your own language, at least. Exactly. That's right. I always should point out what you should read. I think I mentioned this in the video. I've mentioned it many times anyway. You read something which is slightly above your level. Mm. If it's too easy, you're not going to learn anything. You're not going to give up if it's too easy. If it's too difficult, I remember when I first arrived in Paris after a few months, I tried to read Marcel Proust in search of lost time. And it was so difficult. <laughs> it took me a week to read the first page. It's one of the longest novels ever written, you know, to 10,000 pages or something. So I gave up after one page. What's the point? No, read something which is slightly, just like too difficult. It's a challenge, but you can do it. You know, with some effort, you can do it. And that's what you should be reading. So the week after you moved on to a children's hey, picture. Yeah, exactly. The weather forecast, I think, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but that is an important thing with motivation, though, isn't it? Not 
trying to read something that is way beyond your level because exactly, it will yeah. demotivate you, won't it? Exactly. That's true. Also, with reading, the other thing I mentioned was writing, of course. Mm. And again, I know it sounds obvious, but many people don't do that. But it really makes a difference. You write a lot. You've got to sort of think about how to construct the sentences and you've got to concentrate on getting the words right and you've got to check it, the grammar and things. Yeah, something that you could skip over when you're talking. And it helps you memorize things as well, doesn't it? I think yeah, yeah. Writing. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. And even emails and things like that, that's okay. It doesn't matter. Trying the right things that are slightly, again, slightly more than what would you say in conversation, use a slightly richer language, put in some new words that you hadn't used before, type of thing, yeah. Any more pills of wisdom? Again, the obvious ones, I'm just restating the obvious, but you already mentioned listening. Maybe we won't go over that again. And of course, speaking, that's obvious, but we've already mentioned that. It doesn't matter if you make mistakes, just talk a lot, have good conversations. I, I put in one or two like strange ones, uh, like use a dictionary, I like. Look up new words that you don't know. Of course, you're not going to look up words that you do know, maybe, but yeah. English to English dictionary, <laughs> do you recommend that? Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with using a bilingual dictionary whatever, learning vocabulary. And the other thing I say, I don't know if we mentioned this, realistic goals, okay, yeah. realistic goals. Mm-hmm. I hear so often people say, how long will it take me to reach C1 level? Whatever, they're like beginners. Oh, will it take three weeks <laughs> or six months? When will I be C1? They obviously didn't um, ask you the question in that what? way if they're a beginner. <laughs> well, I did do, honestly, I get those questions. Okay. When will I become fluent? <laughs> Mr. Teacher. How long is a piece of string? Yeah, it? exactly. No. Anyway, those people never make it, I'm afraid to say. Really, those people never make it. So if you have realistic goals, you say, okay, this week I'm going to try and learn 10 words a day for the next 10 days. And I'm going to re- read a bit and I'm going, to, I'm going to listen a bit. I'm going to really concentrate for the next 10 days and see what happens. Those people learn, you know, you have short term goals, realistic goals. They do well. But when will I become fluent, teacher? They tell me in this in French, of course. I don't ask me in English because these people don't. <laughs> that didn't work. No, I don't want you because you won't answer my question. I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to take my business elsewhere because you haven't even answered my question. I want to know when will I become fluent. I want the day, the date, the time. <laughs> I'm exaggerating only a little bit. Honestly, I've had conversations like that. Does it happen to you, John? It doesn't happen so, <laughs> no, okay. so often. It has happened. Yes, of course it's happened. That is curious, isn't it? How people have that in their mind often people will will say to me how long will it take my answer is normally well it will take you probably about three months if you're doing things pretty intensively to change up to the next level say for example you're pre-intermediate at the moment and you want to get to intermediate then you've got to spend i think about three months of pretty intensive work in order to move up a level yeah that's normally my way of silencing people i think that's quite accurate though isn't it if you're doing i mean not everybody's going to be the same right but i think that's fairly no you're right john i'm a bit intolerant sometimes because i find it it's not a good question it's a good question is what can i do to improve or something like that that's a good question no that's not when will i be fluent you'd be a lot richer if you didn't have such a flippant response (laughs) possibly yeah (laughs) any final corkers I think finally amazing that people haven't thought of. I don't know. I think I mentioned in another video, which is quite good. I like it, is 
memorizing a bit of text, like a song or a poem or a little bit of prose. Uh, not all the time, but something which is quite difficult and challenging. And sort of like learning a poem off by heart or something like that. I, I can, that's just personally, I quite like to do that. The I challenge of it, and you learn lots challenge. of vocabulary expressions, yeah. I know a few phrases and dialect in Italian. The Italians <clears> love it when I tell them. Also because it's in dialect, unless they're from that particular area, they have no idea what it means. And it's that's always nice. a good talking point. I think so. It's a good idea. I was going to say, uh, learn a few lines of Shakespeare, for mm. example. Not quite the same as a dialect, but again, it brings that into something in, in conversation, but just not obviously not whole of Hamlet, whatever. Just a few lines. And yeah, it shows you what, what things will be like when you're, you've mastered the language as well. You will speak be like Shakespeare. You <laughs> yeah, maybe that's not a good example. But yeah. <laughs> No, it is a good thing to memorize those, as you say, just I, a few lines. I think that memorizing things has gone out of fashion because mm. it used to be, I don't know if you remember that at school, I remember back in the 1950s when I was at school. No, but it used to be a, a very common thing to memorize poems or things like that. But I don't think they do that at schools anymore. It's fallen out of fashion memorizing, but I think it is underrated. Well, I didn't realize you were that old. You went to school in the 1950s. 1850s, John. <laughs> you look good for your age. Yeah, thank you. It's impressive. No, you're right. Memorizing and think about memory techniques. I think memory techniques are good, but I think you're right. Memorizing has gone out of fashion. I think a lot of that has got to do with our fast-paced lives, the fact that we want things immediately and we don't always have good attention spans because of things like Instagram and Facebook and that yeah. kind of stuff, isn't it? I had a student that came to my class, a French student, who had no memory at all for things. Oh. And she didn't like reading at uh -huh. all. And I said to her, well, that's fine. You don't have to like reading. But honestly, it really helps with your memory if you do read things. Yeah, yeah. And she thought it was an incredible revelation. Okay. <laughs> that's um, interesting. She was 20 years old, but she thought it was an unbelievable thing. I think it actually registered and she was like, oh, wow, maybe I should. I wasn't insisting that she read. I just said to her, well, it's a good way of remembering things. The brain is a muscle. So you go to the gym for your body. So yeah, you need to go to the mind gym as well. You do. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep your mind active. Yeah. That's why your mind's very fit and your body. Not well, I mean, learning a language is, <laughs> is, is one good way to exercise your mind isn't it but you do reassure me that when you're about 20 you did go to the proper gym right <laughs> i did used to go to the gym there's a story for another another time but um yeah i don't really don't go very often these days no too busy listening to your podcast indeed your mind is still very active you're expanding your mind by listening to my podcast exactly. and how can listeners expand their mind with what you have on offer huh Oh, sorry. <laughs> I just thought, to lead uh, in really, really creatively then, and you just didn't understand what I was saying. I thought you were suggesting hallucinogenic drugs for a moment <laughs> when you expand your mind. Also, apparently they're good. I think that everybody listening and all their friends and all the relatives should watch my YouTube channel, Let Them Talk TV. And John, surprisingly, is a regular guest, so you can see him in the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. Not that regular, <laughs> not too regular. Not, not <laughs> <But> often. <laughs> only in the best. Often ones. enough. 
But now I'm all washed up. I'm not sure he wants to be on my videos anymore. I don't know, but we do have an amazing video that's coming out, or you have an amazing video that's coming out. No, you can't. No, John, stop. Well, okay. Stop. Don't mention that. All right. That's top secret. All I can say is that John and I have collaborated on a video coming out soon. We've filmed it in London. Can't say more than that. Have you given me some hush money or not? No, but I have friends and we know where you live <laughs> so be careful what you say excellent so look for listeners hush money is money to give somebody to make sure they're silent mm. i've already told half of london have you oh, okay well you know what's happening with there's got to be an element of surprise <laughs> there's be an element of surprise otherwise good point good no point gonna tune in what about your podcast <laughs> I will return to that. I do have a podcast called Zeitgeist Banana. And honestly, John, I mean, so busy. I do run a school here in Paris. I make videos, I have a lot of other commitments mm-hmm. and something had to give, I had to save a bit of time somewhere. Sure. So I love making a podcast and John was a regular guest and I hope to return to it soon. You still read the, listen to the back catalog. Which I would recommend. I think they're good. I enjoy you. your podcast. I continue to thank listen you. to it over and over. Good. But thank you for joining me, Gideon. Hey, you're welcome. Hopefully that means that everybody has some good ideas about how to become more fluent. You've been listening to English with Monty. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave me a donation online via our website. Monty is a small independent company and I do all the editing myself. I would suggest £2.50 to buy me a coffee or £5 for a beer. MontyEnglish.co.uk Then just click on the podcast button at the top. You can donate here. Thank you. I appreciate it.